You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Who? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, I got to admit, it was quite hilarious um, yesterday when I made my Billy Turner comment and Jets fans found it and they lost their minds. You stupid idiot. It's not because of Rodgers. It's just the offensive coordinator likes him. Duh. And he's a backup, you idiot. Like, it doesn't mean it. 30 seconds later, here comes Randall Cobb to the New York Jets. Is he a backup? No. Was that Hackett that did that? No. Did it make your team better? No. Should you have listened to my original tweet when I said, stop listening to Aaron Rodgers and going out and getting all his friends? We tried that. It doesn't help. Maybe can we revisit that? Or are we still going to just go pissy pants? Are we going to be pissy pants? Okay. It's fine, though. I, 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 I could not be any happier. I couldn't. Randall Cobb gets a big fat check. He gets to play with his friend. And the Jets just got worse and it helped our pick. It's the best of all. I, I, I hope everybody gets signed over there. I, I, I genuine Nothing on planet Earth, slight exaggeration, would make me happier than if Jordy Nelson got signed by the Jets. Can you, do you have any idea how happy that would make me? Jordy Nelson's back in the NFL, playing with his buddy, making that money, and the Jets suck. It's not a knock on Jordy in any way. He knows he can't play football anymore. That's why he's not back in the NFL. But if for some reason they decided to, what, uh, great. In fact, they showed a, a uh, highlight clip on Pat McAfee's show. I, don't, I, I saw a clip of it. Um, something about, like, number 10, this guy in high school who was like tearing it up they should go find that guy whatever he's doing he's probably a dentist or something see if he wants to play football get his old high school buddies you know see what the ayahuasca shaman's up to see if he wants to play you know left tackle or something makai becton's probably hurt so or he's the right tackle now i guess i don't know man so funny that (laughs) jets fans are screaming about how good their offensive line is and nobody even knows what it's what it looks like if you go to pff Mekhi Becton is their left tackle. You go to our lads, he's the left tackle. You talk to Jets fans, he's competing for the right tackle spot against maybe um, the 40-year-old guy, although he may be the left tackle, which mean, but also maybe their, their right guard, who's really good, could play tackle because they don't have a tackle, so he might have to actually play tackle. But it's you're an idiot if you don't think we have a good offensive line. <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> what? By the way, everybody was screaming, including Jets fans, for them to draft a tackle. But now I'm an idiot. I'm the big dum-dum because I commented on the offensive line and the tackle. Okay, whatever. Derpy derpy. Best of luck. But anyways, that, that is sort of the breaking news of the day. But here, here's what, aside from just getting that all off my chest, here's what I was kind of pondering as I was just wandering around today thinking. Um, I was thinking about the Jets' offense because it kind of ties into the Packers' offense, right? We don't know what the Packers' offense is going to look like because we know it was some form of a blend of what Matt LaFleur wanted to do and what Aaron Rodgers wanted to do. Here, here's what I'm thinking, though. I was thinking about this because remember when Nathaniel Hackett went from the Packers to the Broncos and kind of one of the biggest disasters was the fact that Nathaniel Hackett's coaching style is to just be a pushover and do whatever the superstar says, which we learned in Green Bay and then they learned in Denver. So he shows up and he's like, hey, I want to do this. And Nathaniel Hackett's like, hey, man, whatever you want to do, yeah, we'll find a way to like blend your style and my style, which don't really blend, but we'll just pretend they blend. We'll stick them together and the offense sucked. And so I was thinking about, he goes over to the Jets and it's going to be similar to what they ran in the in Green Bay because, hey, it's the same style, right? It's that same uh, Matt LaFleur style slash whatever his name is style. And then you figure, okay, so then they hired Nathaniel Hackett in, in for the Jets well, let's be honest, it was to recruit Aaron Rodgers. But the thought process generally would be, well, it's going to be the Matt LaFleur offense blended with the Aaron Rodgers offense, so it'll be similar to what we saw in Green Bay. But I don't necessarily know that that's 100% true. It kind of depends, I guess, on what the head coach there thinks or says or whatever. But remember, Nathaniel Hackett is not Matt LaFleur. He did spend time with Matt LaFleur, but he spent time in a lot of other places as well different offensive systems, different offensive schemes. So the idea that he is sort of this West Coast Shanahan guy is not necessarily true, although he does have some experience with it. So it's a blend of Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers. And I just wonder how much of it is going to actually be a blend as opposed to Aaron Rodgers saying, listen, I didn't really like that BS we were doing in Green Bay. I think what we did before was better. And I've got some ideas for the offense. And it actually looks a little bit more like, you know, will be optimistic and say 2016 Green Bay Packers than it does 2021 Green Bay Packers. I mean, why not? He's a new offense. So, so, I mean, it's not like Garrett Wilson has been brought up in this Shanahan style. You know what I mean? Randall Cobb is much more familiar with it. Aaron Rodgers is familiar with it. So what's the big deal? I mean, Lazard primarily knows the um, Matt LaFleur thing. But I don't know. I'm just, I, I just wondering. Because, again, we know for a fact that the offensive coordinator is a complete pushover and is probably going to do whatever Aaron Rodgers wants. So I just wonder. Wonder uh, how that's all going to go over there. Because, again, what is his offense? I mean, he again, he went to Denver. He didn't, like, create his own offense there. He just took what Matt LaFleur taught him and then took whatever Dangerous said he wanted to do and was like, all right, I guess we'll just take some of these pages and those pages and we'll see what we can do. He doesn't have, like, a me playbook. I don't know. I guess that was just twirling around in my head, but I, I, I guess I'm just excited for the potential that the uh, 2016 Mike McCarthy playbook might be unveiled in the New York Jets with uh, Garrett Wilson and Lazard and Randall Cobb. So there you go. Uh, we got some details on Jordan Love's contract extension. The signing bonus, 8.788765. How do they come up with these? It has to be a percentage of something. Such random numbers. 
8.8 million basically so i was close i said about 10 million dollars i put in his pocket uh he'll have a 2023 base salary of 1.01 million so i guess you add him so it is it's 10 million if you put the extra million on there 2023 escalators up to 9 million which would be added to the 2024 base salary it doesn't say what that's based on very curious and then 2024 his salary will be 5.5 million which is fully guaranteed and then there's a $500,000 workout. It's so funny because you look at that and it's like this insignificant number, like and a half a million for a workout. It's $500,000, dude. Jeez. Do you understand what $500,000 would do? Pay off this house and it would barely put a dent in it. Maybe upgrade one of the cars and take a vacation. And I don't know, kick back for a very long time. <laughs> I'd be good. I, mean, I got no house payments. You know how long $500,000 would last? A long time. And that's a footnote in his uh, situation there. Dude, I could probably, I bet I could go about 10 years. I mean, you know, obviously there's taxes taken out of that 500000 but if I don't up my lifestyle, even even crank it down a little bit with no house payment, which is like the big one, you know, again, taxes and whatnot, but that's crazy. Anyways, so yeah, he's sitting pretty. Oh, you know what? He did answer it. I didn't see what he uh, put on here. The escalators are tied to playing time, team wins, team stats, and other parameters, which give him the chance to boost his base salary to 14.5 million. Think about that. So he's getting 8.7 million. I don't understand. It says the uh, signing this deal, Jordan Love gets an extra 7.5. I, I, I guess that's just compared to what he had. So anyway, well, the signing bonus is, is about $9 million. His salary could be up to 14.5 million, which means he has the potential. You know what else is brilliant about this that I didn't even touch on? The escalators are tied to the success of the team this year. Not only is he playing for the ability to get a massive contract next year, he's playing for an extra $13.5 million. It actually goes on his next year's salary, but it kind of doesn't. It kind of does. I mean, when the money goes directly in your pocket, it's probably slightly more of a motivator. But what I've always said is that if you could do it, if you could get away with it, if the players would sign it, and I think some of them should, you should have performance incentives on every single contract. So essentially, let me read this again because I think I got a couple details wrong. Nine million bucks is his signing bonus. He's going to play and earn another million dollars as his base salary. So he's going to get about $10 million this year. Amazing. Then depending on his play, he's going to have a minimum of $500 million, but he's trying to raise the five, $500 million, $5.5 million to $14.5 million in 2024. And then on top of that, you know the Packers are going to offer you a contract. So there's $14.5 million sitting there as your base salary. And then when that gets restructured, you're going to get a massive signing bonus. So a lot of that money is going to go right in your pocket. But that $14.5 million, it's still there. Where and how that all gets paid out, it doesn't matter. But you're, you're, you're pushing that on the total. It's just, oh my goodness. But performance incentives. It's tied for, for, part of it is tied to playing time. So stay healthy, you get some of it. I don't know how much, but you get some of it. But every single win, it's tied to team wins. Team statistics. And again, this is another thing that the team can rally around him for. This is a big freaking deal. And this is what a lot of other people are missing in terms of the contract and say, why didn't you just pick up his option? If you, if you actually cared, if you actually believed in him, why didn't you pick up his option? I, I guess, I don't know. It sounds like they don't, they don't believe in him. They could just pick up his option. If you pick up his option, he gets nothing this year. He gets $2 million, no incentives, nothing. And if he plays, essentially, if he plays poorly, yeah, congratulations, you got your fifth year, you get this pile of money, but you also just get to sit there and realize you lost out on your job. They're putting money in his pocket today. They're giving him something to fight for, to work for with the escalators. And an opportunity, by the way, to earn more money than he would have gotten. There's nothing wrong with this. It's, it's such an awesome 
thing for everybody. Again, I'm 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 genuinely very happy for Jordan Love to be in this situation now where he just got massively paid. Again, it, it as dumb as it might sound, as we learned last year, we were told this by Aaron Rodgers, there is sort of a status thing. He mentioned it about Devondre Campbell, talking about, you know, you can't really be a leader on the team until you get that money. And once Devondre got that big contract, now you now you walk into the building with a little different swagger. Now you've got a different bit of authority that you walk into the building with. It's a real thing. You gotta just pick up the option. Okay, then he doesn't get that contract. He didn't get paid. He's on his rookie deal making two million bucks. This is a better situation for the team. It's a better situation for the locker room. Is it possible he walks away with less money if things don't go well? Yes, it is. Yes, there are certain situations where things could potentially be worse. That's very true. And and I understand you're looking out for the guy, maximize the amount of money you're getting by just telling him to exercise the option. And you can just dig your heels in and say, no, we're not doing it. I want the option. And maybe the Packers say, no, they're not giving it to you. Now you're mega screwed and you don't get any of that money. I doubt the Packers do that, but then what if they do? And what does that do to the locker room? Blah, 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 blah. We can just avoid all of it. Let's give you an extension, which is essentially the same thing as your fifth-year option. We're going to split it over two years, so you get some money in your pocket now. You get the. It's not just picking up the option. That's the other thing. It, it just has a different feel to it. Picking up the option is just a thing you do for first-round rookies. It just means you don't suck. We're not probably getting rid of you. Probably going to keep you around a while. But getting a contract extension, even though it's just kind of semantics, it does carry some weight. And again, as somebody that's just desperately hoping for the best for for Jordan and for this team moving forward, man, um, knowing that I, I, I really hope we get some kind of details because we get to cheer every step of the way. You know what I mean? Every win, every thing. Because I screw the salary cap. I want him to get every single cent of those incentives. Every freaking penny of them. You want another good quarterback? I do. Every single one. And then I hope he gets a contract that breaks the freaking bank because it was that good. One of those like, oh crap, I'm sweating a little bit. That sucks. I thought we were going to have like cap space and now we don't because we have a top quarterback again. But oh well, I guess we got a top quarterback again, you know? Like that good. But anyways, I'm, I'm, bottom line is I'm happy with it. And, um, any negative comment that could be brought up would be negative about Jordan Love, and Jordan Love had options here, and his agent had options here, and they agreed to it. So the Packers obviously are happy. The fans are very happy because it's a great deal. And uh, Jordan Love, as far as I know, is very happy because it's a deal that he accepted. So any and all pissing and moaning about it, I don't really understand, other than, you know, again, just trying to prove that somehow somebody got fleeced or screwed or, you know, who won the deal or... It shows that they don't believe in him or all, all this just stupid crap, man. It's just weird. Anyways, guess what we're doing now? Anybody want to guess? We're taking calls, baby. We're going to take some calls. And I, for the life of me, for the life of me, I cannot get caught up. I, I am doing a day and a half. We are now at a day and three quarters of calls, and I'm still going backwards. We're at 142 calls. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, folks. <laughs> All right, we're going to go fast. That's what we're going to do. Ready, set, scrolling, scrolling to find where we left off. Let us start with a non-Thomas Austin question, and we'll get to uh, Jay-Z Mike. Hey, right, it's Jay-Z Mike. Hey. Uh, so I just read an interesting article, and then I proceeded to completely erase it from my phone, and I don't <laughs> have the article in front of me, and I can't find it anymore. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, maybe you'll be able to find it. Nah. But the article was talking about the recent draft classes. Um. 
And it, it mentioned that normally draft classes have uh, 18 or 16 to 1800 people who are vying for an agent before the draft to get them working through the draft process, right? Okay. And it noticed that for the past two years, the draft classes have only had about 600 people that have agents um, trying to get into, you know, the NFL draft process and whatever. And then they went on to mention that that number um, corresponds to the uh, whatever the extension year is or something in the in college the thing? that they added on for COVID. Yeah. Um, so what they're saying is that people are taking on that extra year, right. um, and instead of declaring for the draft, they're going on and or taking that other year of eligibility, pumping up the draft stock, and, and coming out the next year. So that's putting a bunch of draft uh, talent, you know, pushing it further back. But what it's also doing is making, or at least the guys who are declaring for the draft are going to be of a higher quality. Sure. So they said that over the past two years, the reason the Packers have had four draft picks is because they believe, at least, that the quality of talent in the seventh round was high enough I see. that it, it warranted taking and picking up all those draft picks. So really, I'm just wondering, you know, the question is, what's the correlation here? Um, it, it, is that an actual correlation? Are we seeing people that are coming out these past two, three draft classes that are more ready to play, more ready to go, and is there a possibility of that falling off? Um, I'm just, this, this is just something I read. Maybe you have some thoughts or insight about it. Just want to hear your thoughts. Anyway, let's go. So, again, this is something I'd have to see just completely laid out in front of me because I'm, I'm not fully re- able to wrap my head around this, but I, I, it doesn't make sense to me for a couple reasons. Um, let's start with the situation that you said where instead of let's say 1600 people or let's say 1800 people only 600 people that would mean for example somebody calling me or just texting just texting um that would mean that two-thirds of the people that would have declared are going back in here's here's the issue though this this happened a while ago so let's say the first year two-thirds decide no i'm going to take that extra year because i'm maybe not super good enough and that would make sense that only the absolute best you know, let's say the top 600, because n- not 600 are even going to be drafted, obviously. So if you're way on the back end, like, let me, awesome, give me that one extra year, because maybe I can really hit it, and we can really whatever. But then the next year, you're going to be back to the 1800 or so. You're going to be back to normal. Like, it, everything's pushed back a year, but we're back to normal. So we should be back to the 1800. It's not going to be 600 every year, because at some point, there's this massive bottleneck. But the point is, you know, so so let's say the the next draft class instead of the eighteen hundred, you only get six hundred, but the twelve hundred that went back all have to come out. So you got the six hundred that decided to come out and not go back, plus the twelve hundred that have to go back that took that extra year last year. So that's only going to happen one year, I would assume, right? The other issue that I have with it is that when you're talking about, for example, let's just use that exact scenario where only the best six hundred come out. Well, there, there's less than 600 that get drafted anyways. So it should still be roughly the same quality in the seventh round. The only possible thing I could think of would be some sort of, uh, 
I don't know what the word would be, self, uh, self-removal or whatever, where, where people that know they aren't good enough remove themselves so teams don't have the opportunity to make a stupid mistake of taking like the 1900th best player and instead are confined to this smaller list. But I can't imagine that would be a big thing anyways. In fact, when you listen to most teams, they've got a list of like 100 and some odd players, like 150, 200 players maybe, I think. So the difference between the 600th player and the 1800th player should have no bearing whatsoever because teams are not looking anywhere near that range. I might be completely missing something, but just trying to process what you're telling me as you're telling it to me, this being the first time I'm hearing about this, I mean, obviously I've heard about that, the extra year of eligibility due to COVID, which I don't know anything about it other than I keep reading it in these profiles that these guys, you know, that are coming out took that extra year or whatever. But that's the point, right? These guys that took the extra year are already coming back in. So... You know, I've heard different theories about how that may be impacting the NFL, and part of me thinks there has to be something about that that is impacting the NFL, but I can't really understand or think of anything off the top of my head that would, that would, um, I can't think of anything, I guess is what I'm saying. So I don't think, I don't know, I, I, I don't see how that would necessarily change, especially if we're talking specifically like the seventh round would be more stacked. I mean, the, the list is the list, you know what I mean? Even if you get it down to, I mean, how many people get picked? 223. If you cut it down to exactly 223, I mean, did you improve anything? Not really. I mean, obviously, they'd be changing what, but you get my point. So I don't think so, but I might just be missing a big piece of this. Hey, Hey. It's the Thomas Austin show host, Thomas Austin. What up, man? The reason why I preface it that way is because sometimes on my podcast, what I do for. The listeners who I know will listen and give me feedback on occasion. I play a little game with them okay. uh, that I got from a Discord server. Uh, the game's called In Summary. And basically what happens is that there's this guy, so he and his friends were goofing around on uh, Wikipedia and were scrolling through movie uh, summaries. And one of them was super hilarious to that group. And the game was born of, uh, you take the summary, you take the names and identifiers, like a certain, uh, place name or a item in that universe. So think of like the, uh, Infinity Gauntlet from the Marvel Universe. I don't know what that you is. You change that to like, to the accessory or the article of clothing. And you you say that in, it, I, I have a yeah example. Sure, to, that would be great it. if you could I'm give me an example. An excerpt from a Wikipedia summary, and you guess okay. what movie it's from. Okay. So in about two weeks, when you get to this question, when I hear you give the answer, I'll call in okay. and I'll let you know if you're right or wrong. All right, let's do this. I'm ready. It's a fun little thing for you to do. All right. And this one's a little dark to start off with, but I'm, I went with a, a well-known one for you. Well, don't All tell right. the people that. I'm going to sound stupider if I don't know it. He then asks not to have a hood placed over his head as he is afraid of the dark. The officer is watching Sanders, visibly oh, holding back the I know what that is. The Green Mile. the man is executed. So the man is the character's name. Yep. I'm not going to say the character's name. Oh, I got to know the guy's name? giving it away, especially for this movie, which I'm assuming that you've Scene. Green Mile. It's a fairly well-known movie. I think that's what it's called, right? Well-known actors, well-known Great movie. I forgot about that movie. So. <clears throat> Great. 
great movie. You tell me what movie you think it is. Green Mile. And when I hear you guess, like I said, in about two weeks, when you get to this question, yep. I'll call back in and let you know if you're right or wrong. Callers, if you know the movie, please call in and be like, hey, to answer Thompson's question, it's this. And then, you know, I'll call in and let you know if you're right or wrong. Okay. All right, bye. Bye. All right. Uh, yeah, Green Mile, I believe, is the answer. Right? It's dark execution, the whole thing. Hey, Ryan, Peter Thomas giving you a call here from Milwaukee. Hey, Peter. Uh, I know you skipped forward uh, some phone calls uh, to basically get the calls about the draft yep. and about Aaron Rodgers and trade and all that stuff. I left a message a little while ago um, in regards to Eric Stokes. Sure. Do we know what his injury is? <laughs> and do we have any information about that? I mean, we're thinking that he's coming back, but uh, do we need to be concerned about one of those cornerbacks, as in uh, not Razul <laughs> and not Jair, obviously? What do you think about Eric Stokes? Thanks. I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know if I did answer your question a while ago, or maybe somebody else asked me that. But uh, I, I, I know it was a really bad injury. I know that there was some optimism about being ahead of schedule, but as JJ pointed out, that's the GM who said the same thing last year um, and has been generally optimistic about a lot of things, and then those players don't come back for a while. But there was some optimism and being ahead of schedule, so that's all I know. But I don't really know the details other than it was a very gruesome injury that I believe was multiple points, but I'm not entirely sure. Hey, so I'm listening to the after hours from last night. Uh, I don't remember his name, but he's been honking at people and talking about how old you get. What? I, too, kind of smiled a little out of my nose. I'm in a grocery store right now, walking around the produce aisle. Okay, produce, got it. Is there a Justin Harrell reference? So, because we should have, like, a memorandum or a, and put him on the list of names never to be mentioned. <laughs> I had forgot, completely forgot about him. Right to not have my memory then. And then, boom, here he is again. I just got all mad. So, I just got to breathe in. Breathe oh, out. boy. Check out the canned wines here. Another the monster pass. But, uh, no more Justin Harrell mentioned. No more. No okay. more. All right. That will make I'm sorry. me feel much better. Apologize. But, um, yeah. hey, uh, thank you. And um, I can't wait to listen yep. to the rest. Bye. Okay. Um... I don't think I was, I don't know if you were talking about a caller maybe that said that. Maybe I talked about Justin Harrell. I don't know. I don't remember doing that. But um, I can't really super control what the callers do. I guess I could bleep it, but you know how much I don't like doing the extra work. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But here's here's the ultimate problem here, Nico, aside from the fact that nobody could hear you. He, he, let me give you the biggest problem. When you call in and say things like, never, ever, ever talk about Justin Harrell again, I promise you, there are going to be a lot of calls specifically talking about Justin Harrell. In fact, somebody is going to call in and just read his Wikipedia page. So that's what you just did, Nico. I just want you to realize that. Hey, I'm listening to your uh, Packard After Dark from, well, I guess Sunday night. And you're answering the question about, or I guess just a comment where the caller is saying that not really about the evaluation of the player. It's about the process. And 
I completely agree. And I think that the way you went on to elaborate, it was also correct. But it got me thinking about, I guess, a retort to this narrative that's becoming increasingly popular, and I don't know why, on Twitter and TV and all that, and you get these people, even well-known Packers commentators, who say Jordan Love doesn't pan out, then Gutekunst is getting fired. Okay. Which I think is completely idiotic, obviously. But leaving out the part where a lot of these people think that everything Gutekunst does is terrible and they think his drafts are terrible and right. they don't know how to <coughs> take five seconds and go to pro football reference and look at other <laughs> right. teams' drafts of the last few years. And that's my that's my favorite thing to do now, by the way. Whenever anyone... I'm, I'm getting to the point now where the arguments are getting so ridiculous, it's just like... I just have these things now that I do. Um, my, my Twitter profile is this little army man. Sometimes if I just don't feel like dealing with it, I just put it on there because his name is Trigger Man because you're triggered, you know? Um, Cheeseballing is... I'm so tired of dancing around with him on this one particular issue. He, he'll come by about everything, but he will not answer this one issue and pretends that he is. And then, So now I just copy and paste the one thing that I said that I want him to address. And I'm just... I'm not talking about a single other thing to him until he responds to that one thing. Maybe he just did. I don't know. But it's just... You know what I mean? Like there's... So with the draft thing, the thing that I always say is, who's your favorite GM? Who's your favorite GM? And then as soon... It doesn't matter who they are. I go through and I point out all the failures. If I even feel like it. Most of the time they won't even respond. I shouldn't say most. Probably 50-50. But 50% of the time they won't even respond. You know why? Because they realize they just got caught. They realize it. They know immediately. I've had some people like, well, you know, this, that, or the other. And it's like... Now, do I even want to take the time? That's the other thing. Do I even want to take the time to show them? Because you, there has never been a time in the history of social media ever where, with the exception of maybe one or two times in my life, where you've got an absolute slam dunk. Like, it's done. A hundred percent done. You said Gutekunst is bad at drafting because he drafted these XYZ bad players, right? It's it's this, therefore this. Very simple... The fact that logic isn't taught in schools is the detriment of our entire freaking society. This, therefore, this. Very simple. A, therefore, B. That's the statement that was made. I guess more fully it would be, Gutekunst missed three prospects. If you miss three prospects, you're bad. Therefore, Gutekunst is bad. Okay? That's the thing. That's what I should start doing is is formulating these in terms of the, the logical formulas. Just to show them exactly how the conversation went. Because then you go through and you show them that their favorite GM also missed three prospects. And you just bring up that exact same thing again. If you miss three prospects, you're bad. Bill Belichick missed three prospects. Therefore, Bill Belichick is bad. But you know what's not going to happen? Them admitting that they were wrong. Ever. It's just, it, they just talk about something else. It's incredible to me. It drives me insane. I'm sorry. JJ, continue. Actually evaluate, evaluate how many of those guys are hitting. Leaving all that aside, the process for drafting Jordan Love was sound. And if you're sitting here right now and you're saying, no, the process for taking Jordan Love is not sound, okay, then we should just fire Gutekunst right now. And it doesn't matter if he right. happened to right. be right about And to be fair, I think 
to all of their credit, that's why they want him fired. Because the process was garbage. But again, I think if you actually sat people down and, and we went through this process of saying, like, what build out a process? What is the best way to draft and, and how does that all play out? I don't think the people that want him fired based on the process are going to end up with a very good process because it's all just now-based. Everything's about now. Well, no, that was a specific window. Bull crap, we've been in a window for 15 years, dude. The only reason the, the window's coming to a crashing halt is because rather than doing the window the way Ted Thompson did that kept us alive for as long as we did, we, we changed that philosophy, went massively all in, which is what you dumbos have been screaming about since forever. Now we're out of money. We can't do anything anymore. And now you're screaming still that he didn't go all in, which is a lie. He absolutely did. But then on top of that, he gets no credit for doing it. It's, an, it's amazing. Oh, and it didn't work. And you will not acknowledge that he did what you wanted and it didn't work. Well, he didn't do what I wanted in this one area. By the way, JJ, thanks for pointing out that entire draft class and how pretty much nobody got their fifth-year option picked up. Garbage class. I would love to go through and read all the names of the players that Packer fans were screaming for and do not even pretend for a second that you were screaming for that guy that went to the Bengals. Do not do that. You're a freaking liar. <laughs> We've got an opportunity to get the guy from the Jets. You want him? No? Then shut up. Sorry. I'm interrupting today. About, you know, what Jordan could develop into down the road, yada, yada. He gets lucky that Jordan ends up being good. That, that's, it. that's irrelevant. It's about the process. So I think the process was down. And so it doesn't matter if Jordan busts because Jordan sucks. Okay, that has nothing to do with the process of drafting him. And if you are one of these knuckleheads who thinks that the process sucks, okay, then then you should want to get fired, right? You know, three years ago, not as soon as we know Jordan thinks. Yeah, and, and I guess you know you and I are just fortunate to be fans of a team that follows the process that we find to be um, a good process. Which it's kind of funny because the I'm guessing the reason that you and I and many other Packer fans like the process is not only because it makes perfect logical sense but because we've watched it work for so long it's a proven concept the negative for the fans that would like to try a different strategy is that there's almost no teams in the nfl anywhere that follow it however if you did decide to jump ship i would recommend the rams right now who have no money and no draft draft picks and are currently stuffing their team full of undrafted free agents because that is the only recourse they have in terms of fielding a football team this year they have no other options they have no draft picks. They have no money. They have no ability whatsoever to build their team. Now, it's unfair for me to tell you to jump ship. You have every right to be a Packer fan, but you're just going to be miserable that we don't get to be cool like the Rams who have no money or no draft picks. And for that, I am sorry, but it's just the way she goes. And I guess there's no point in, in arguing with you because we just have different visions. And um, I'm, again, fortunate enough to be a fan of the team that, I don't want to say we share visions like, we're on the same level, but I, I certainly agree with the way that this is done. And listen, this, this is every team, for the most part, is at least going to give you lip service about what the Packers doing, what the Packers do as being the best way to do things, with very, very, very few exceptions. And, and I'll be completely honest, there may have been a flurry of teams that are like, dang, man, look at Tampa, look at, look at LA, that might be the way to go. If anybody was thinking that, you go watch them right now. I don't think too many teams are going to want to be them. Especially since, again, I went through the numbers. The Rams had like a 7% chance of winning the Super Bowl that year. 
I don't know that what they're going through right now is worth those odds. But you're right. I mean, it, it really does come down to process. And and the anti-goot crowd is not going to be happy to hear what you're saying because it's all, oh, yeah, so no matter what he does, it's always a good... No, that's not true, and that's not what he said. It's not no matter what he does. It's as long as he follows the process, I want him to be the GM. When he deviates from the process, which he has done with contracts and other things, those are times when I start to get upset. But so long as he tends to follow the process, I'm okay with it, which does mean no matter what, with Jordan Love. Now, there's still an evaluation piece, that's for sure. But the reality is, and, and I'm, I'm becoming more and more understanding of this, that the process is the bigger issue, not as much the evaluation. Although that does play a piece, but it's such a hard thing to evaluate. The evaluation is hard to evaluate, other than very long trends and, and, and trying to see whether you're above or below the average. But again, I don't think there are any trends that would point to Brian Gutekunst being significantly above or below any real trends. I mean, I think he's slightly above. What, what is he, like 10th? I think the larger point, at least in terms of what I've realized, is that we, we overemphasize the evaluation piece, and we assume that evaluation can get you to 100% knowledge. And so the best evaluators always are able to get the best players, and so you can easily identify the best GMs by the teams that get the best players, and that's not necessarily the case. When you realize the draft is much more like the stock market, which is entirely volatile and almost entirely impossible to manipulate in your favor, and that the only thing you can really do is process with slight advantages that can be given based on evaluation. Because you also have to understand, every single team has almost the exact same information. There might have been a time when evaluation played a bigger piece back in the day when information was not readily available. But today, almost everybody, all the scouts have seen the exact same tape. They all know the same red flags. They, they all have the information in front of them. What they choose to do with that information may vary. What they emphasize, you know, I think the guy's a bum because he, he can't, uh, he doesn't have enough power. Well, I think he's great. He's got great movement. Well, okay, you can disagree or agree based on different variables, but we all know the variables. So I think that even lessens the impact of the evaluation piece, which does suck because it would be so much easier if we lived in a world where you can just say, hey, he's hitting at a uh, 16% rate. The, the running average in the NFL is like a 31% rate. That's not quite high enough. Let's see if we can find someone that can at least get up to average, much less above average. But I just think if you do that, you, you, can, you can believe that, but I'm, I'm just telling you, I genuinely believe if that's the way you go about it, looking just... At, at evaluation as the only tool and hit rate, you're going to end up just completely missing because, again, you really need to think about it as just being completely just throwing darts at a board. And so, again, the only way to curtail that is process. Things like, for example, the, the data and analytics, that'll tell you that trading back is going to be to your benefit. Accumulating picks is going to be to your benefit. Drafting, um, I, I don't know what else the, the, the you can do as far as the, the process thing, but certainly, especially early on, going for high-value positions, which, of course, teams all deviate from. I mean, the Vikings did it this year. Packers took a linebacker last year. Like, that stuff happens. Sometimes evaluation just is just sitting there like this linebacker is like the dude. He's our by far top guy on the board it is what it is you follow the board which again is another part of of process is you know sticking to your board and not deviating from it and whatnot and i'm sure there's i mean that comes in contact conflict sometimes what happens when the top guy is a running back right talked about that what what do you do i don't know what you do but anyways um that's that's all i can say is that's the camp i'm in process over results with the expectation that process will ultimately over a very long period of time lead to better results and those results ultimately are not even so much the individual picks as much as it is the quality of the team 
right? Well, you know, that that edge rusher you got isn't quite as good as that linebacker that so-and-so got, right? But what is the total value of the edge rusher compared to the linebacker, even given the linebacker is better? You know, and and then with the accumulation of picks and even even getting like some slightly mediocre guys and whatnot that can actually fill holes so that other teams will have bigger holes that you just don't recognize because it's like, well, they got a bunch of hits. Yeah, but they have four picks every year, so they have massive holes in their roster. And so we're praising that GM because, man, when they hit, their hit rate is just through the roof. Yeah, but their team sucks. Why? Well, there's, you know, all these no picks and they're wasting money. Blah, 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 blah. Ultimately, the GM's job is to put together a great football team. So draft is about process. The roster is the main piece for the, for the GM to, to be able to put together. Okay, uh, let's take a break. Okay, all right, be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, Ryan. Hi. This is going to be the last call for at least an hour. Okay. Uh, so, I was over here being like, yo, I got three kids, and I got plans to add more from my wonderful great genetics. Notice the sarcasm. Uh, 
into this world, and it got me thinking. What are your thoughts of a placenta? Oh, come on. Isn't it kind of crazy that a woman can just grow an organ inside of her, and then, like, it's gone nine months after that? What is wrong with you, Thomas? Like, how much space does a human body have to where a person can just grow another organ and a child inside of them and have it sit there for nine months? The human body's crazy. All right. Bye. Um, yeah, man, that's pretty wild, I guess. Oh, my stomach, dude. Why'd you do that to me? <laughs> what? <laughs> that was payback for putting your, your, uh, face on, on a t-shirt, wasn't it? I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't know what, I'm. I don't hey, know. Ryan, down California. Hi, man. Man, I can't, I, I, I just don't understand how national media can be so bad and like, I get it yeah, you know every, like it's the flashy position receiver pass catcher but the Packers don't need to get pass catchers in the first round because we we get them regularly in the second third fourth you know fifth round you know it's the same thing with offensive linemen. Everybody else has to use the first round and second round to get their linemen. The Packers regularly get theirs in the second, and they get theirs in the fourth, fifth, sixth. And it just makes no sense to me why like these guys can't be objective. It's just their stupid narrative. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, and I have to assume a lot of it comes down to, like I've said before, shorthand and laziness. You know, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things, I, and I've done this before. I mean, it's one of the things I remember when I had my YouTube channel that was primarily just NFL draft stuff. Um, I mean, in fact, it was just mock drafts, which I really liked, but there was some shorthand that I would use, and sometimes as things would change, I would either forget that they changed or not realize that they changed, like Seattle has a bad offensive line. Like, that was just, it was just one of those things over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And the thing is, I did that with my, with Minnesota, too, and I had to slowly remember, like, oh, wait. It's not actually that bad anymore. Oh, well, you know what I mean? So you, you just, you have this shorthand, like Minnesota has a bad line, Minnesota has a bad line. Minnesota. And and sometimes you forget, and then you get crucified in the comment section and, and remember, although apparently these people get crucified and don't remember or choose not to, which I cannot explain. But that that's what it just comes down to, what it seems like to me, is there's just a narrative that they all believe, and when Packer fans correct them, rather than just trusting what the people are saying or reading it and saying, I should go look into that, they look at it and go, you poor, stupid people think you know things. You're just lowly nobody. I am a member of the elite, and we know, and I've been, I listen to these people, not you. You know what I mean? Like, really, it's, it's I'm, I'm sitting here with Daniel Jeremiah. I'm sitting here with, I can't think of any of these. I mean, most of the time, they're sitting with other people that just don't know what they're talking about. But they, they believe that I am, I am, like, in this upper echelon, and I listen to these people, and these people tell me everything. Why would I listen to Joe Schmo Crab Shack over here, Mr. Corner Bar Cheesehead, probably snorting cheese curds, who doesn't know anything? But yeah, it, it does, it just, it, everything just gets to be old and annoying and obnoxious. And it's just the same old thing. You know, the, the Packers drafted three receivers last year. They drafted three receivers this year. Guess who the Packers are being mocked next year? Wide receivers. Of course. That's just the thing they always need. Maybe we will need, you know, I, I don't know, but it's not at the top of my list. I just, I don't get it. Ed Rusher, there's really a few positions where you have to get in the first round. 
if they get unicorn stuff after the first round, it's quarterback, edge rusher, and elite corner. You want an elite player at those positions, you have to take it away. Everything else you could find after the first round. It's just everybody else is so bad at it, so they just assume that's what we need to do. But I don't understand how we don't get more respect. We get, we get everything that people can't find outside of the first round. And like, I'm so proud of Brian Gutekunst because I think that he has really elevated um, our drafting. You know, I know Ted Thompson had a really strong start. But, you know, once we started to get a little older, we started to see big declines in our draft. But, man, we, we got Zach Tom. We got John Runyon. Like, we got all these late-round uh, late gems that are starting guys, and they're not, you know, bad starters. They're middle-of-the-league starters. And a lot of guys can't even get that in the second round. They can't even get that in the third round. And we, when do we get John Runyon? Like, come on. And receiver? You know, everybody's, uh, how many first-round receivers have busted? How many Packers second-round receivers have busted? Uh, You know, good questions, right? You know, I like what we do. I trust the process. I don't, you know, I think uh, anytime anybody, especially uh, NFC North Division guys, anytime they say anything about uh, us needing to use a first-round on that, I think we should just laugh in their face. It's like, oh, because you guys can't find one later? Ah, that's all we should do. <laughs> Go back up. Yeah, and and again, they want to zoom in on the <coughs> excuse me these these dumb little narratives rather than just stepping back and saying what a good football team it is. Right, it's a team that just dominated over and over and over again, and yet it's like, well, look what look what they didn't do in this weird situation. Like again with the receiving, they've had a great receiving like receiving has not been a problem statistically or anything else for a very long time it just hasn't I'm, I, in my entire life as a Packer fan there has been almost nothing that we've needed less than receiving help right quarterback help maybe offensive line and receiving like those three have been staples of the Green Bay Packers for the 36 years that I've been on this planet Maybe not full 36, but, you know, whatever. 30 years. And I, and it, I just, I don't understand. The, I mean, the, 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 I guess the thing that I do understand is as soon as the narrative emerged, because it didn't used to always be that way, but as soon as the narrative first emerged that Rodgers doesn't have the help he needs, it was just game over at that point. Like, it doesn't matter how good the offense is, how good the receivers are, how good the offensive line is, how good the running backs are. Like, none of that ever matters. Unless you go out and get OBJ, or you, I mean, we we did go out and get elite top-tier tight ends. That did absolutely nothing. But again, if it fixes it, it's, see, told you so. If it doesn't, we just pretend it didn't happen and we move on. Um, or draft a first-round wide receiver. But then, again, with the, with the moving the goalpost thing, we draft a second-round receiver, very top of the second round, may have been, may as well have been a first round. He does very, very well. And what's the new narrative? Oh, now you try to help him with rookies? Like, what are rookies going to do, you bunch of idiots? Like, it's it's so unbelievably disingenuous and stupid. So, so five seconds ago, it was we missed out on a Super Bowl opportunity because you didn't draft a rookie receiver. Now we draft three rookie receivers, and it's, I can't believe you're sticking him with rookies. What a disgrace. You freaking disingenuous, lying pieces of garbage.
Tom, I swear. I swear, I swear. All right, let's do it. So I was scrolling through Twitter, as some do, and I saw Clayton on there uh, give a nomination for Packernet After Dark, Top Call. And so I'm thinking in my head, yeah, when are you going to do the Netties or the Patties? The Packernet After Dark Awards. Yeah. Craziest caller. Best call segment. There's tons of awards that you can do. And you can give out nothing except for, like, a high five, you know? Sure. Come on. Get All the right. patties All going. right. I will do I it. keep changing the award name, but I think the patties work pretty good. P-A-D-D-I-E-S. Okay. I'm, I'm, Something to think about. Yeah, I'll u- I'm using the robot, though, just I so you know. I think it'd be real fun. Okay. I'll do it. Have, like, a, an official award thing. Well, Maybe even do a live stream on it. Yeah, have the winners that, actually. like co- get in contact with them, pop up. Be an option. See if Joe the janitor actually is a janitor. <laughs> have them all dress up. There, there's nobody on this. Uh, of, of all the calls that are super, as the kids say, sus. There is nobody that arouses more suspicion than Joe the janitor. I get so many questions about that. Oh, it's funny. Know what I mean? Good times. Yep. Come on. Yeah, no, I I said I'm going to do it. Might as well continue and making it even more crazier and more fun. Right? Right. That's what Packernet After Dark is. A place for fun and a place for craziness. I know. Even if you don't supply the craziness, you damn sure supply the fun. All right. All righty. All right. Take care. All right. Take easy. All right. And I definitely won't call back in a little bit. Definitely not. At all. Okay, bye. Hey, it's me again. (laughs) Calling to ask you another question. This one goes a little something like this. Oh, I'm just laughing because I'm looking through my microphone, through the computer and all the wires going out into the universe, into your eyeballs as they roll back into your head. Oh, it makes me laugh. Uh, what's your favorite genre mm-hmm. of anything? <laughs> Could be movies, books, TV shows. And if you don't have like a specific genre, like <sighs> what what kind of stories get you get get your attention? What what draws? What type of stories draws? Uh, your interest. Oh, draw. Yeah, okay. And also, it doesn't even have to be stories. Like, it could be parts of, like, tropes. It could be anything like that or uh, cliches. You are Aaron from The Office. I just want you to know that. That draw you in. Because I'm a sucker for, like, a dwindling party. Like, you start with a group of people, and over the course of the movie, what? show, whatever, uh, you start losing the groups, one member, one by one, or however many. Think of, like, aliens. This is a great movie. Great time. Ah, but yeah, something like that. Alright. Bye. Just to follow this train of thought here, what is your favorite genre of anything? Doesn't have to be anything. Something that gets your attention. Um, it could be like a trope. Or things that are cliche. You're a big sucker for dwindling parties. Where people get up and leave over time, like Aliens, which was a great movie, 
something like that goodbye did i did i freaking nail that down tom did i navigate that right i'm not answering your question there tom i'm not doing it i'm not answering that question hey there ryan hi uh, calling me as a uh, here's if you need more questions uh, if you need them I got, I got them for you okay uh, just, uh, just so you know there's two more after this because there's a cluster there's more clusters but I want I really want to rip through this la this first cluster here so this is what we're doing here's you know if you need them I'm, I'm here for you um, thank you Tom but uh I, I, I came up with one okay so okay. just chill out I don't have a problem you have a problem okay all right calm down man. fine I'm sorry okay hold on all right I'm sitting here Okay, so here's the question. Um, are there any draft uh, potential, uh, draft potential, trade potentials uh, that uh, you, you, you're you curious about? Or you no, you ask that every second, and I hate that question. No, there's no trades. So, I did... Stop asking me about free agents. Don't ever do that. I did this call on the premise of, a lot of times, people assume that I just call in with nothing on my brain... And I finish however I finish. Most of the time, it's very untrue. I just have a fun way of uh, getting my point across mm -hmm. or asking questions or doing whatever it is that I do. So I thought maybe this time, you know, I might do what you guys think that I do for the fun of it. So I'm calling to discuss uh, what is your favorite month of the year because for me well it's gotta be it's gotta be it's gotta be november the month i was born same. it's a great month uh and i uh not same answer same month i was born appreciate everybody who agrees with me that used to be my favorite when i was a kid dude and november came around i was like dude you don't understand this is my month bro like, I haven't seen this month in forever. Nobody's birthday is in November, by the way, so nobody cares. But that also means, like, you were the only one that had a November birthday in school, which is pretty cool. Um, plus, you're not a summer kid. Like, those losers who don't even have birthdays in school. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, dude, November. Then, then, then it, dude, the countdown to your birthday was such a huge deal. Huge deal. Plus, when you're a kid, a year took about five years. So it was like once every five years you had a birthday, and birthdays were dope when you were a kid. You know what I mean? Like family is just like the like you get to see the aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff. It's like this is amazing, and there's balloons and like you could have a friend over to your house, dude. Like more than one, just for the sake of like bringing you presents, doing crazy stuff, and like you eat pizza and hang out with your friends. Like after, like there's no work to do. It's just you just play and hang out with your friends, and it's your day, and you can do whatever you want. Ice cream and cake and crazy, just, it's the greatest thing ever. At this point in time, November is a stupid month. It's like the worst fishing month in the world. Not that I've gone in a long time, but I was massive into fishing, and it was like, that's the worst month, so I hated it. It's cold, and I used to love, like, the, the October, like, we're just starting to, like, feel a little bit, like, ooh, I like the chill in the air. I freaking hate the chill in the air now. I, this is why old people, by the way, move south. I figured it out, because I just want blasting heat all the time. Like, I just want it to be 80 all the time. Like, aren't you tired of it? No. Like, it's 70. Why is it 70? Like, 70 is nice. I understand, but I feel like we're, we're playing a dangerous game here. I have no issue with 70. But, you know, it's a slippery slope. You go from 80 to 70, then 70 becomes 60, which becomes 50. Next thing you know, it's snowing. Where does it end? Negative 50? Shoveling? Bull crap everywhere? Not literal, but 
Freaking everything sucks. No sunlight. That's where it ends, ladies and gentlemen. I hate November. That is the best month. There's so much to be thankful for. Quite literally, because of Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving's day. Which, not necessarily celebrate to celebrate. It's true. It's I celebrate cold, because people give me food. Yeah. And trust me. That is nice. Any holiday that is centered around feeding me, oh. uh, you get my... Uh, All holidays are centered on feeding you. Um, if they aren't, they're not holidays. I don't know if you knew that. Little little factoid. You get my seal of approval. 100%. So, yeah. President's Day? Not a real thing. Yeah, what's your favorite month? <coughs> give me some reasons behind it. Don't just be like, well, you know, it's, uh, like spring, because it's uh, April. I'm All right, I get the question. We're going to cut you off. You get another minute of explaining the question. Um, cold months, no. So let's just say October, November, December, January, February, March, no. April, frickin' dope because of the draft, so that's in there, but it tends to be a little chilly. Uh, not usually, but this year, apparently, the April is still winter. Then you got May, June, July, August. I always, I know there's no school anymore, but I always hated August because it was like going back to school, so we'll rule that out. Plus, there's nothing else really going on. I'm leaning kind of July, man. Fourth of July, dead of summer, bug spray, you know, the whole nine yards. People are like, oh, I don't, like, I don't like the smell of bug spray. You don't like the smell of bug spray? Do you know what bug spray smells like? It smells like summer vacation, freedom, 4th of July, the going to a park, a beach, anywhere outside where there's bugs, going fishing, dude. Bug spray is awesome. I would snort bug spray just for fun. I should actually, you know what I should do in winter? Spray myself with bug spray because it just makes me feel all warm. I should, I should put on uh, sunscreen and just spray a bunch of bug spray all over myself and be like, dude, it's, uh, it's not so bad out there. But, yeah, probably July. I mean, the, the whole, like, May, June, July is a, is a pretty good run there, I think. But, you know, you got you to gotta have a holiday in there somewhere. What, what is, um, when is, we got Memorial Day and Labor Day. When are those? When is Memorial Day? That's later, right? May 29th. May, May might be all right. So the two holidays are May and July. I, I just, you can't pass up July, man. The fireworks, the whole thing. July is a good one. That definitely didn't used to be my answer. But I think at this point in my life, I just want it to be summer 24-7. It's hot. It's uncomfortable. It sucks. I don't care. I'll deal with it. I will pretend I'm in Florida and the beach is right over there. Where? Just right over there. Just just past where you can see. That's where it is. Just a freaking stone's throw over that hill right there. All right, Tom. Last one, dude. For my final message on today, Monday, May 1st, Stone Cold Tom Austin has only got one thing to say. Can I get a hell yeah?